We are New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. A community church in the city of Chicago, all over the city, for the good of the city. Right now, we are in the midst of our series, Rally, a look at the mission and vision of New Life Community Church and how it plays out over the city of Chicago. Wherever you're listening, I hope you are blessed by this message. Chicago, Chicago, what an interesting city we live in, right? Yeah, love the Chicago. No, nationally, internationally, right? Like, so what are the, what are some of the interesting things that Chicago is known for? Can you help me out? What are some of the things that Chicago is known for? Architecture. What? Architecture. Architecture. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore Drive. Awesome. Yeah, that's we just got rebaptized. Yeah. Win the city. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I heard that. Deep dish pizza, right? Yeah, awesome, awesome. What about the concert? You know, like the all the great events, the cultural thing, the skyscraper, we say it already. But I didn't hear one of the things that I think, actually in my list, I think Chicago, it's mostly known for. Okay, yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. I think they tie. If I list, they tie. Yeah, gang violence. And the last one will be Chicago Bulls. It's teams. No, I'm not talking about the current Chicago Bulls, right? I mean, we're good. You know, we're getting back there. You know, we, you know, we six and two, so we're getting there. But I'm talking about the mythical '90s Chicago Bulls. Who here remember them? Yeah, he wasn't even alive then, but he knows them, and that's my point. They was bigger than, I mean, not bigger than life, but, you know, I grew up in Africa. I didn't play basketball. I never even watched a Bulls game, a basketball game, growing up. But I knew about the Chicago Bulls, led by Michael Jordan, right? So there was a force to be reckoning with. It was no joke. You didn't want to mess with them. So they'll go down, especially this team, as one of the best teams in history, in basketball history, and maybe even across all type of sport, right? So, what made them so special? What made them so special? Do you know? What made this team so special? Look ahead. We're gonna preach together. I'm gonna try for us to preach together. Teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah, community. Yeah, exactly. You guys are good, man. I thought you guys were gonna see Michael Jordan, right? The, the greatest of all time, right? So you guys are good. This is this is the right church here, the right crowd here. Yeah. What made them special was the team. Yes, Michael Jordan was there. Was the greatest player maybe that ever played basketball. It helps to have someone like that in your team. But Michael Jordan by himself would have never won a single game. He needed a team, and not just any team, a special team, right? A team with a player that are dedicated, that each person knows their role and then knows their mission. And the goal was to what? Win championship, amen? So, so we have, unfortunately, you know, like having a team is great, but there's also a lot of issue that come with uh, that you experience when you have a team, right? So today's message, as we go into today's message, is going to help us to figure out how to expect some of those problems. As you already know, we've been going to a series called Rally, right? This is a series where for the past six weeks, we've been going through the book of Second Timothy, really great book, right? Like. 
And this book is a book in the Bible written by the Apostle Paul to one of his mentees, a young pastor called Timothy. So Paul believed that, and many scholars actually believe that this was Paul's last letter. So when you hear a word of a dying man, you better pay attention. It's very important. There's a lot of wisdom in the in this uh, in this letter, this last letter of Timothy. So today we are going to examine the last few verses of this letter, and to help us renew our calling to make disciples, and also our commitment to our church family, and on top of that, our understanding of the importance of team as we rally into our mission. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that is sharper than a double-edged sword. Father God, as you speak this morning, we pray, Lord, that you penetrate our heart, that you talk to us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you help me. You speak through me, Holy Spirit, so that you can not just minister to me, but you can also, as you've been ministering to me, but you can also minister to everyone listening to your word this morning. God, help me decrease as you increase today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, turn your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 9. We're going to go through, today's scripture is chapter 9. We're going to go through, I mean, chapter 4, verse 9 to 21. Amen. So, before we get there, before we start reading, a little bit ahead of time, but before we start reading, let me tell you how we get here, how we get to verse 9. So, here we have Paul chain in prison and not just any prison in a dungeon right about to die know that he's going to die so even though he knew that his life was coming to an end he still understood that there was a lot of work to do so he decided to write a letter to his son in the faith timothy like we say was a pastor and uh, to express his concern for the welfare of the church that was being persecuted uh, and also uh, to admonish Timothy and you and me today as we listen this message. To help us preserve, not only preserve the gospel, but also to preach it. So Paul comes here with a lot of sadness in his heart, a lot of loneliness as we go through this. We're gonna, those are some of the emotions that we're going to see through this message. So let's start by reading uh, Let's start by reading verse 9. Let's tell you. So verse 9 could start. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Damas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescent has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. I send Tychus to Ephesus. So when you come, bring the coat that I love with Carpus in Troas and Mastro and especially my parchment. So let's pause here. So as we read this past last few verses, these three verses, four verses, we see a Paul that is, we can feel Paul anguish. We can feel his loneliness. We can feel that he's in an emotional place. So we can spend this message talking about, we can spend a lot of time talking about Paul's emotional state, but for the purpose of this uh, series, we're gonna focus 
on seeking to understand how to prepare ourselves, you know, when challenges come when we minister in teams, you know, and also in church family, not even just in ministry, even in any type of team, all, some of these principles apply whenever, whatever team you're in, but especially uh, as you minister. So, did you know that the idea of team originated even before the creation of the world? I mean, when you read the Bible, we read that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were all involved in the creation. You know, and they continue to be involved until now. So for me, that is the perfect thing because each and every single uh, person of the triune God had a specific role. They knew what the role was, they still know what the role, and they still play this role until today. So talking about the perfect team, that is the perfect team. I don't think anything in life or that will ever be created can even come close to that. So as we go through the scripture today, we're gonna to understand that as good as we as perfect, as good as we can have teams for us here human beings, it's not easy. Even for a good team like the Chicago Bulls, it's never easy to have, you know, to, to work in teams. So you may know with me that it's no surprise that if God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit were a team, that if we're creating the image of God, so we are meant also to live or to work in teams. So there's no solo work here. So as we examine the, the, the scripture today, we'll see a poor that is jailed on the verge of dying with the pure team, but still fighting to give all he has to preserve the gospel and to uh, advance it and to preach it. So from this scripture, we can learn three valuable lessons. There's so many lessons that we can learn, but I just, for time's sake, I just kind of, I got three valuable lessons that we can learn from today's scripture. So lesson number one, there are seasons in life where people we love and minister with will live for various reasons. So if we look back in verse, in, in verse 10, in verse, uh, verse 10, we see Paul saying that the mass left him to go to Thessalonica. Why? Because he loved the world. And trust me, this is not the kind of love that we read in John 3.16 that John God so loved the world that he said the only. No, this is a kind of love. It's a, it, this is a kind of love. Right? So if you know Thessalonica in biblical time, Thessalonica was, it was the second biggest and wealthiest city in the Byzantine Empire. So they were known for the culture, they were known for the, for the, for the events, you know, uh, the festival, vibrant culture, they were like, it was a very vibrant city, like Chicago, like Chicago is, that's what Thessalonica was. So Dimash left, it's like, hey, I'm done with this ministry, I'm gone. I'm going to set this on Nike. So don't you put this in modern day perspective. I'm going to pick up someone. It's almost like Pastor Brennan here today could decide to leave ministering here in Rogers Park to go to LA because he wants to enjoy the pleasure of life. <laughs> Sorry, girl. <laughs> I know you would never do that because you love Jesus too much. Right? But the point that I'm trying to make is that you will see as you minister and take some people that were on fire for Christ leave because they love the world, right? Because if you think about it, 
nobody makes it into poor teams if they're not on fire for Jesus and ready to sacrifice all. The mass was part of Paul team, right? So if you if we look back in uh, Philemon 1, I think I have in the scripture, 1, 23 to 24, it says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, uh, Jesus, send you greetings. So to Mark, Aristarchus, the mass, and look, my fellow what? Workers, right? So Demas was someone who was on fire for Christ, but he decided to quit everything and to go enjoy the pleasure of life. So, so what are some of the reasons that people will leave ministry? You know, so, uh, so the second reason why people will leave when you minister is that some people will leave you or your team. Some people will leave because God called them into another mission field or because of sickness or burnout. So we read in verse 10 also that Crescent and Titus went to Galatia and Dalmatia. No reason was given why they went to those cities. It was probably another season in their life, or it was an assignment from God, uh, you know, to go minister to believer in those cities. And what I believe that the second is more likely is because, for example, Titus, there's a book in the Bible named after Titus, and there's no record of Titus falling away from the faith, right? So Titus was a strong believer in Christ, so the most likely he left because he needed to go minister somewhere else. So we see Paul team down. Three all-star caliber players are gone. So let's continue. In verse 12, we read that Paul sent Titus to Ephesus. And later on in verse 20, we will read that Timothy, uh, we will read that Paul is telling Timothy that uh, Iranus stayed in Corinth and uh, Prophemus uh, in Miletus because he was sick. So that's a total of six all-star caliber players that are gone. I mean, any team will suffer if you, leave, if you lose those type of uh, players. So this is a good reminder that people don't always grieve for bad reason. And like we said earlier, it could also be sometimes because they are sick. Right? Or because they are burnout. And I can share a little bit more about being burnout about Mark. I believe that at some point Mark was so burned out the ministry that he left, but then came back. So we'll talk about that later. So but when those people are sick, as a church, we should continue to care for them. When they burn out, we should help, we should try to, we should continue as a team, as a church, to help restore them into the mission field. Nobody wants to see anybody leave their team, their church, or, you know, nobody really wants to see, I mean, there's a few cases, but for the most part, you don't want to see, <laughs> you don't want to see, you don't want to see people leaving, you want to see more people coming, right, if you get what I'm saying. However, we have to remember that God moves, God will move people in ways that sometimes don't make sense to us, right? And in moments where we expect it, we expect it the least. You know, I was part of the original team that came and planted New Life Rogers Park here over nine years ago. So, and it was sad over New Life history to see so many strong brothers and sisters leave for different reasons. And the church, from time to time, suffer 
because of those laws. Right? But it's a good reminder that it is the faithfulness of God that keep the church going. For example, anyone that was here under Pastor Duane would have never thought that this church would continue without Pastor Duane. But yet, he's been gone for over three years and we're still here, right? So, ministry is uh, irrespective of individual. It is God who drives, God will continue his work. You know, the Bible says that unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. So as I was saying earlier, people will live for different many reasons. The most important thing that we gotta make sure is that when one of our brother and sister leave the church, we gotta make sure that they stay connected as much as we can, that they stay connected with the local church, wherever they go. Because if they do, we are still part of the same team. We are not in two different teams. But because it's very dangerous when they stop, when any believer start belonging to a church. I've seen over the years so many brothers, strong believer, brother and sister, like falling away, drifting the moment where they start. Uh, they start they start going to church and they start believing. And a lot of time you have people, you know, like some of the reasons that I heard people say that oh, I start going to church is okay, I got hurt by the church. You know, the church is full of hypocrites. You know, I heard things like, hey, Jesus and I have our relation going on. We don't need it. I don't need anybody else right now. I'm good. You know, all those times, it never fails. Every time someone stops going around to church, it's just a matter of time until they give into sin and or they start living a worldly life. It's just a matter of time. It will happen. Guarantee. Guarantee. So it's very important that as believers, we remain connected into a local body, even if it's not the one that we're in right now. So, some of these excuses are actually valid, but it doesn't matter valid or not. Remember that the point is that we have to belong to a church because if you think about it, the church is the best team ever, or should I say the best institution that God chose to make a difference, a lasting difference in people's life. He chose the church to do that. So if you're not part of it, you're losing out. Even though we all agree that the church is not made of perfect people, right? It's not, you know, it's not. If you find, if you want a perfect church, please don't go there. If you find the perfect church, don't go there, right? <laughs> we are all broken. But that's part of working in team and that's where God wants to work for us. So, but do you want the best part? When people leave your team or your church, the best part is that there are still good things happening. In season when a church, a church member or ministry loses his members, God always keeps a few faithful people around. If we look back at verse 11, Paul says to the, that the mass had deserted him and that Crescent and Titus had gone to a few other cities. But then he says this, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. You see, most of Paul's team is gone. But Luke remains. Luke was faithful. Luke's faithfulness is probably the reason why we're reading this letter here today. Because Luke was a prolific writer. 
If you look in your Bible, there's a book actually called the book of Luke, part of the gospel. Luke was also the one who wrote the book of Acts. So Ruth, Luke wrote probably at least one third or, or one fourth of all the New Testament. And this letter, this last letter, most likely it was Luke who was who acted as Paul's tribe. Because Paul was Paul was chained. Right? So because of his faithfulness, because he could love like anybody else, he was very gifted. If we see from the work that he left behind, he could love and do some work out, but he remains, he remained with Paul. But on top of Luke's faithfulness, what does Paul say? Bring Mark with you, because he's very useful to me in my ministry. So you want to know what's ironic? Is that the Mark that Paul is requesting right now deserted him early on in ministry. Right? So and when Mark came back to his house, when he wanted to join back the team, Paul refused to, get, to take him with him. And it led to a very, very sharp argument between Paul and Barnabas that they actually split ways. So it's almost like some of you, I mean, I like basketball illustration. I mean, we all do use that It's almost like Shaq and Kobe beef that in 2004. That led to Kobe Bryant uh, to Shaquille O'Neal leaving the Lakers after winning so many uh, championships together. You know, so uh, Barnabas and Paul was a dynamic team, but yet because of Mark, they split ways. Uh, so let's now bring me into must try here. That will bring us into. Let's look at this account in Acts 15, 36 to 39. Acts 16, 36-29. It says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the believer in all the town where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas went, went, wanted to take uh, John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he has deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the world. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted a company. Barnabas took Mark and said to Cyprus. So, Mark deserted Paul and Barnabas before. But Barnabas gave him a second chance. And he took him and groomed him. When, uh, over the year, Barnabas matured and became a faithful servant of Christ. And Paul recognized that. To the point where he actually considered him a valuable member of this team. So you remember Philemon, Philemon 24, he called him a fellow worker. So this is someone who deserted him before. So the story of Mark teaches us that when a brother in the faith or church member messes up, we should not be quick to judge them, and we should always give them a second chance, because we don't know how God is going to use them later on in their life. It's the same Mark that deserted Paul earlier. It's that Mark that left us the legacy who wrote more than one third or one fourth of the Bible. So he was a very valuable team member for Paul. That's why in his last day, Paul was that, make sure you bring Mark with you because now I need some of my best, some of my, my best players with me. So Paul was getting two new all-stars, Mark and Timothy. He just lost six. 
But guess what? God was sending him reinforcement. And those are all, that's all he needed at that time. So when I look around here, I don't see I don't see any face of anybody that was here when we started this church, except my daughter Lindsay, she's outside. I don't see any other faces. If I, if I go back, if we go back maybe six or seven years, I see a few faces that was there at that moment. I see Corey and his family. I see, Karen, I don't think you make the cut, seven years? You make, oh, okay, I see Pastor Karen. I see Pastor Karen. I see Michelle. I see uh, uh, not, not Becky. I see uh, I see Rachel. <laughs> I see Rachel. I see Daryl as well. I see Teresa. And guess who? I see someone that I haven't seen in at least for maybe five years. Rosalind was part of the original that was there. She, this is I don't even know why she why she came here today. But Rosalind was there seven or eight years ago. It was I was so happy to see her today. And that's how God works sometimes to reinforce his message. So I see so so what we learn when we see this, we see that God will keep some look around, you know, when he has his work going. We see you see Luke did not leave, Luke stayed. God always keeps some faithful ones around. But then when I look around as well, who I, who I, who I see? I see a lot of Mark here. I see a lot of Mark here that are here to make sure that together as a team, we carry on the torch to continue to make disciples in Roger's Park and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this is our first lesson. Just to remember, our first lesson is that People will leave our ministry team or our church for various reasons. But God will keep a few faithful ones around and bring in new ones to continue His work. You can believe that. So the second lesson that we have to remember today is that there will be people who oppose, uh, there will be people who will oppose the gospel to the point of causing you great harm. So be on your guard. In verse 9, verse 9 starts with Paul asking Timothy to come quickly, to do his best to come quickly. Verse 21, Paul tells Timothy again, do your best to come before the winter. You can see a sense of urgency in those words. And even earlier, I think in chapter, in, uh, chapter 1, he also urging him to come quickly. So why the sense of urgency? We already, we already know that Paul was about to die. That on its own, it's enough for you to want to see a loved one for last time, right? But then we know that his team was depleted. He felt lonely, and he, but he still wanted to continue the work until his last breath. That's another, that could be another reason why there was that sense of urgency. But then we also see something else in verse 13. Paul requests some personal items. He requests his coat, his uh, scrolls, and especially his parchment. Especially. So he was requesting scripture. You know, Paul was requesting scripture. Even though he was about to die, he knew he was about to die, but he, was still, he still wanted to have his scripture and he said, as quick as possible. So this is, shows us how important it is for us to read our scripture every day. But one thing that I see that was also very, 
that caused Paul to have that sense of urgency is that Paul's was really hurt. Let's read chapter verse 14 and 15 together. Alexander, the metal worker, did me great, a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You two should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Just within those few lines, we can see Paul's sense of, uh, we can see Paul hurt and also his warning. It's almost like Paul was saying that, please, Timothy, come quickly. You know, don't forget to bring my Bible with you because I need to read the scripture. You know, and then on top of that, Alexander did me a great deal of harm. However, I'm not going to seek revenge. I'll leave it all up to God. And continue by saying, you should be careful uh, with him because he's a fierce enemy of the gospel and will not spare you either. So my son Timothy, please come quickly. I can really use your company right now. That was just my only my rephrase of the Bible. So why this doesn't why the Bible doesn't tell us the reason why Alexander uh, what Alexander did, who Alexander was exactly, and what he did uh, what he did exactly. Many scholars believe that is the same Alexander that is mentioned in 1 Timothy 1.20. And it says, where Paul says, Among whom are Emmanuel and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. What a strong statement. The Apostle Paul turning somebody over to Satan. Man! That Alexander must have been something special. <laughs> he was, I'm sure he was a great obstacle to the advancement of the gospel. Because for Paul to take a stand like that, that person was really stopping, was causing some really damage as far as, uh, because that's the only thing that really mattered to Paul, for the gospel to keep moving forward. So we know that he was a blasphemer, but he was probably, he was something else. So the reason that Paul wants Timothy and you and me here not to take such people, the Alexander lightly, not, it's not so much because of the, the pain they can inflict you, but it's more because of how much they can deter people away from God. So the Bible tells us that as Jesus Christ returned, get, uh, get uh, drawn near. Christians will face more and more persecution. And it's interesting, there's a movement, there's a communal movement growing out there where they believe that since we all we worship the same God, all major religion should come together in for the sake of world peace. Right? But there's one thing that stands in their ways. Is Jesus Christ's exclusive claims. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Right? So, because of this claim, every other, this claim makes every other religion a false religion. And the world doesn't like to hear that. Right? So, because of this claim, as Christian, if you stand for that, if you stand for the gospel, you will be persecuted, guaranteed. 
Jesus Christ, if it was killed just because of such claim. So don't be surprised when you encounter opposition, when you stand for the word of God as a fellow as a fellow Christian. But be encouraged by the word of 1 Peter 3, uh, verses 13 to 16, and it reads, Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for the Lord? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your heart, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and what? Respect. Let's continue. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So in other words, when you are persecuted for standing for the word of God, for preaching the gospel, when you are called all kinds of names for being a believer, you will be blessed. The scripture also reminds us to always be ready to tell people why we believe that Jesus is the only way to God. And no matter what the cost. But to do it how? With gentleness and respect. That is very important. We can spend a whole series on this one, but I digress. So that was our second lesson. There will be people who will oppose the gospel to the point of causing you harm. So be on your guard. Lesson number three. There will be time when you will feel abandoned by everyone. But take heart, God will always be with you. As you minister and team, there will be moments when you feel alone, not supported by people around you. You feel abandoned and sometimes even betrayed. Don't worry, those are the challenges that every serious team member would always face from time to time. But you want to know something? Something really amazing is that it's during those moments that you're actually going to be able to better see the world, the hand of God over your life. Let's read verse 16 of today's reading. Paul says, At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. What is this new? <laughs> may it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. I was delivered from the land's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. All right, so it's interesting. Here's another instance where Paul felt abandoned. Like throughout the message, you can just feel his loneliness. Like he feel abandoned. Here's the worst time to abandon him when he's on trial. And anyone who has been in front of a judge knows that whenever you go see a judge, that's when you need the support of your family, your friends, your church, your team members, right? You know, and especially trusted witnesses. 
you know, that can testify on your behalf. So if everyone abandoned you, you know, you all by yourself. That is not, I've been there before. That is not what anybody, that, 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 that can be very demoralizing. But Paul said he forgave them. So even during time of extreme persecution, there are still good things happening. When everyone abandons you and deserts you, God will always be by your side, strengthen you and save you. Follow along with me in Romans 8:31. Let this question sink in your heart now. And it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And it gets better as we continue to verse 35 in the same line of questioning. Who should separate us from the love of Christ? Should trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sorrow? And it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No. I think it's continue. I think I, you don't have next. Okay. No, in all, verse 37 says, No, in all this we are more than conquerors to him who loves us. So in all these sufferings, we are more than conquerors in whom who loves us. So God used hardship in Paul's life to bring the gospel in places where he would never have gone before, like the emperor called Nero, to have the gospel preached to all the Gentiles, the Gentiles were non-Jewish. That's mean you and me and all the people of that time who were not Jewish. He, that was God's goal. So all this hardship that fall into you was for a great purpose. So this scripture has so many valuable lessons that, check this one out. Even though Paul knew that he was going to die a brutal death soon, he still celebrated small wins, right? So he enjoyed, he enjoyed uh, the temporary victory. That's the best way to move forward individually as a team. Paul was happy that God did not deliver him from the lion's mouth, right? Like he knew he was going to die. That was just the first trial. That was not the whole trial. But God didn't allow, even though he didn't have any witness of anyone around him, God delivered him from that trial. But he remained in prison. He knew, he already knew that this is going to end with his death. I think when Paul uh, says that God delivered from the from the land now, I think he was he was speaking figuratively because non I, I mean only non-Roman citizen was thrown into the land then. Roman citizen was not, and Paul was a Roman citizen, so technically he could not have been thrown into the land there. But he was speaking just to show you the danger. He knew the danger that was ahead of him. He knew he was going to die a terrible death. But he still enjoyed those small victories. So as you minister and team, it's important sometimes to stop, to take those small victories, even as an individual, to enjoy them and continue as you go into your mission. And also, one thing that Paul did, he never kept, he never, he always kept looking at the final goal, which was entering the kingdom of God, right? So he knew that at the end of the day, that's what matters the most to him and even to all Christians, to all of us here. It's the end goal is to enter into the kingdom of heaven, into God's eternal kingdom. So, 
the main reason that ministry and churches exist, Christian ministry and church exist, is to bring as many souls as possible into the kingdom of heaven. That is the only reason why. Still here, after you become a believer, if you're a Christian here today, after you become a believer, that's the reason why Jesus didn't just zap you, boom, gone. Because he left you here so that you can help other people get what you get, know what you know, know Christ the way you did. Right? So that's the most important thing for us that we have to remember. So as you minister, minister with boldness and courage, knowing that God is always going to be with you, that God is always going to rescue you from all attacks, and God will safely, safely lead you into his eternal kingdom. So Paul closed this letter by, by uh, say, I think that's verse 19. Is it on the screen? Verse 19. So Paul closed the letter by saying, Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. The writer stayed in Corinth and I left trophies sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. A Brutus greets you. So do uh, Prudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Even that last, that last word, grace be with you all, is that Paul knew that this letter was not just going to be read by Timothy, but it was supposed to be read to the whole church. So, as we close this message, let's see how all these things that we just heard, all this lesson, applies to us here in New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. Here in New Life, we are a family. We are a team on a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And not just any disciple, but fruitful disciple of Jesus Christ. As we look forward to rebound from a pandemic that changed the world as we knew it, this scripture reminds us that people will leave our teams if they haven't left yet. That our spiritual family, our ministry, people will leave, and for different reasons. If you think about it, it's actually happening already. If you look around, look around, we used to be more than this every Sunday. So, this scripture warns us that we should not be surprised when you see those type of things happening. It warns us that some people will stop serving in ministry because they love the world. When the robber meets the road, some of those people will choose to worship on the altar of worldly pleasure, culture, or politics. You know, the word of God spoiled their fun. It's some of those people will leave because we stand for the Bible. Or some of the things like, some of the things such as sex outside, no sex outside the marriage, same sex issues, abortion, and some of those tough issues that this, that our generation is struggling with. Some people will leave the church because of some of these issues. This scripture also warns us that people will leave new life for political reasons. Because this church is too liberal, this church is too conservative, or this church is too much in the middle. 
right? They will leave because of issue for masks, for vaccines, Biden, Trump, you know, godless charters, as Paul calls it, right? All this reason, our brothers and sisters, are just tricks of the devil to keep us bickering with one another. Because the devil understands that a bickering church is a church primed for destruction. You understand a bickering church cannot achieve its mission. Because they are distracted by side issue. Here at New Life Community Church, our mission is to transform people's lives by preaching the gospel and by making fruitful disciples of Jesus Christ. Some people will leave because they are burned out or sick. Take it about Brother Edgar. He's not here today, not because he wanted, but because he's sick. Or they will leave because they move into a different neighborhood or a different city. You know, over the year we lost a lot of solid brothers and sisters from this team. You know, thinking about the Esley family. Even recently we just lost GB, brother GB who got married, who moved into another neighborhood. So some people will leave because God called them into another mission field. And those are people that were tireless, tirelessly uh, serving God within our church. But it's all good as long as they continue to serve God wherever they go. So all these brothers and sisters, all brothers and sisters in all this, we have to remember that God will continue to sustain his ministry here at New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. And remember that God will bring marks, keep bringing marks and, bring, and keeping looks around to continue his ministry here and to build team that will be able to minister to people here in Rogers Park. Listen to this. The success of a championship caliber team depends on the consistency of all its members throughout the season. Throughout the season. So it is the same here. So for us to be able to minister as a team to reach our mission, we need or everyone who calls this church, their home church, to be consistent throughout. Sunday service attendance, for example, Sunday gathering, uh, this gathering should become, should not be, should become the norm. Except not like coming one or twice a month should be the exception. We need everyone consistency for us to be able to continue to move forward. We need everyone who calls this church, a church member, to join some type of ministry so that we can continue to minister this neighborhood, the people in this neighborhood. Because there are ministry right now here who are struggling because they don't have enough team members. So we need, we need all the members of New Life Community Church to join a small group so that we can connect with one another and grow spiritually together. So hear me out. We all need to be looked and marked. Faithful and useful to ministry. Not some, but all of us. And that way, just like the Chicago Bulls in the 1990, we're going to have an extraordinary team that will be able to minister consistently with power, 
to people in this neighborhood because the problem is consistency. If we're not consistent in our ministry, we're going to have more ups and downs. So the consistency is the key for us being able to minister with power as a team. So if you're not part of this team now, I beseech you, join the team. If you've been a spectator for a little while, suit up. If you have been uh, inconsistent, put your uniform on and step up your game and join the team so that together we can move forward and see what beautiful things God is going to do, continue to do towards here in Project Park. And this is the time where you need to invite also other people to join in the vision and the work that Christ has called us to do here in Rogers Park. The vision of making disciples of all nations, to make it fruitful disciple. That's why we are here. We want to make fruitful disciple. That make disciple. That make disciple. We want to be able to be contagious in this neighborhood. And I, I heard Pastor Mark Job, our lead pastor one time say that if as a church, if you are in a neighborhood and you leave and nobody knows that you love, you didn't make any impact in that neighborhood. So let's not be that church that we meet here, nobody knows that we're here. We have to be contagious. So it's by us being a consistent team, it's by us coming together, by each member playing the role, knowing the mission that we have, which is making disciples. If member being consistent, each member being in small group, growing together, each member being reliable, team member that we can be like the 1990 Chicago Bulls that we can win people for Christ we can continue to grow and do extraordinary things that God wants to do through this church because he has done a lot already in the past nine years and I believe that is the, the greater thing I still yet to come because right now what I see here what I see here and whoever is watching on whoever I'm watching online I see some all-star caliber player who can do some damage for Christ's kingdom here, not just in Rogers Park, but throughout the city of Chicago and even around the world. Because we could be here and make an impact in other places. So, my call to you today as we close this message, as we close this message, please join us. Let's not sit on the sideline. Let's all be involved in this. God has called us and put us here for a purpose. Most church here in Rogers Park won't last more than two years. We have been here for nine years and we have ups and downs. People that have been here for more than five, six years will tell us that five years ago we lost so many members that we thought we were gonna this this uh we were gonna stop, that this ministry was gonna stop. But God stepped up, God kept us going because He's the one who is leading the way, He's the one who is building teams here, He's the one who wants us to come together, who called us together. You are not here by mistake, you are here because God calls you into the mission and the vision of this church which is make disciple of all which is make fruitful follow of Jesus Christ and as a family as a team amen? amen so if you want to take the next step forward come speak with one of us speak with one of uh, one of the pastor or one of the ministry leader we would love to get you plugged in to figure out what is the best ministry where you can fit in where your gifting can be used because we have Jordan here, we got Pippen here, we got Rodman here. So we need all of you guys to, you know, to, to step up, to bring up your skill set so that we can actually move on the mission here. Right? Amen. So if you want to, if you want to talk to one of us, if you want to serve, you're not serving right now. 
please come and talk to us. If you feel like, you know, there's something that is holding you back and there's some struggle that you have, yeah, come talk to us. We can pray together. We can figure out ways to help you move forward, to get unstuck. Our goal here is for all of us to be like a battleship, not a cruise boat. The battleship, everyone has a role. Everyone is playing a role. So please join us today. If you need prayer, we will be in a bath for a minute while Becky is praying. Give it another minute to pray. You can go, go pray. Brandon is in the bath. Pastor Gellum will be back there if anyone needs prayer. Or if you need to take a next step, a fourth step, challenge you, just join. You know, God is doing something different. We have never seen anything like what is going on right now, post-pandemic. So let's be in trailblazers. For such a time like this, as God placed us here, it's for us to make a difference, for us to use our skill set to help more people come and make a difference. So there are people that are dying outside, that are suffering, that are confused. They don't know the way, and we know the way. We just have to be there to share, talk with respect and with love. So if you want to come, we'll be in the back. Or you can reach one of us uh, whenever the time is right. So before we continue communion, just give you a little minute to think about this. And uh, yes. As a group, as a team, 
anyone needs uh, communion, please raise your hands. If you receive one of these, raise your hand. David is going to bring one to you. And the Bible says that the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body. Body that's given for you so that you could be saved. You may eat the bread. You have been listening to New Life Community Church in Rogers Park. If you have been blessed by this message, please let us know. Now go and live a new life.